Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Bit Effect. Today, we are going to put on our little fake mustaches. We are going to use our little gray cells, and we are going to solve a murder. Craig. Yes. How was your mustache? Uh, it's it's a, an absolute mess. It's attached to a beard. Oh. It's overgrown. It's got to the point where my mustache, Poirot would hate this, it's down under my lip. So that when I'm eating, it just stuff gets stuck on it. We call that a Yosemite a, Sam. Correct? Yeah, there's a bud somewhere in there. Uh, now see, mine, mine, my, my, whenever my mustache hairs touch my lip, I can't. I, it, I cannot do it. I, I, I don't know if you've ever done it, but quite often I'll get my bottom, I'll extend my bottom jaw, a bit like half an alien, out of my mouth. And then I'll bite my hair, and then sometimes a bit of my mustache hair gets stuck between my teeth, and that uh-huh. is the worst pain uh-huh. in the world. Welcome to Mustache Chat with Dave and Craig. Now, um, before we play the music, there is something that must be discussed. I don't know if we discussed it last time, but it, it's worth reiterating if we did. David Suchet or the Kenneth Branagh mustache? Uh, Kenneth Branagh mustache. And Kenneth Kenneth Branagh Poirot. You, sir, are a heretic and you will be burned at the stake. that stupid messy intro aside it is murder mystery month here at the bit effect and we're like why not do a poirot and a sherlock game so we're gonna start with agatha christie's the case of the young poirot murder mystery month i can't remember the exact name of this game craig what's the exact name of this game agatha christie hercule poirot the first cases there we go, even though it technically is like a case in that... Nope, it's really only one case. Uh, is what, that's that's my biggest complaint, as it says cases, but it actually means... Ca- well, I suppose the, the epilogue... No, what's the, the tutorial? The, the prologue, yeah. It's one case, and then the rest of the game is another case, so technically... But they play into cases. each other. All right, so before we even find our first dead body, Craig, could you please read the stats? Yeah, of course. So this is... Agatha Christie hyphen Hercule Poirot colon the first cases. Uh, it was developed. Turbo. To, oh God, I wish she could run. Uh, it was developed <laughs> by Blazing Griffin, known for the ship and all related ship things. It's very. I don't know if you've played the ship, but it's, it's pretty interesting. You like it? I. Anyway. Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, published by Microids again. Top tier name in the publishing industry. You see microids, you know you're going to get quality. <laughs> it's an adventure game based on the Hercule Poirot IP. It was released on the 27th of September 2021, which makes it a year and a bit, no, two and a bit years old, jeez. Um, as for spoilers, 
Oh no, you gave me into trouble the last time. It's your job. It's not my job. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of the spoiler. Okay, so first off, this is notable, really, because this is a Poirot game that is not pulling from any source material. This is completely original, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't sure if there was an Agatha Christie book that she threw in the garbage and somebody found it and then was like, yeah, I don't know. Um, so since since last time we talked about our history with Poirot, let's take the alternate tack here. Uh-huh. How do you feel about Agatha Christie? Ed, like, I, I don't read a lot of books, so... But when I do... But... Eh... <laughs> 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 The my main <laughs> my main way of interacting with Agatha Christie is through Poirot and Poirot and more Poirot. Like I I don't have a lot of I, I've never read an Agatha Christie book. I don't think I would. Oh really? Yeah, like I'm not a big book person, and I've got a pile of books for when I'm crippled. You know, so which, which you have a hard date on. Yeah, and her other stuff, like, she did that, uh, t- uh, do you ever watch Frost? Because she did Frost, she did, um, she did Miss Marple, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what's the other famous one? Lewis, Rosemary and Time, all Agatha Christie, and it all, the books always felt like that's books that my gran would read. Apart from now that she's dead, she won't read them. But when well, she, she was saving them for when she was crippled. But it never, it didn't have any allure, but I did find it most enjoyable to watch Poirot. Even at that, the story and the, the stories and the, um, Poirot's not my favourite detective, okay? Fine. Well, he does have one giant, um, one could say literary giant as competition. Oh, uh, and that Columbo. would be... No, I was going to say Jessica uh, what's her, oh, Fletcher. Oh, Jessica Fletcher, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, Murder, She Wrote is epic. It's epic. I, I, I still enjoy Murder, She Wrote, and yeah. that's how you know I'm 90 years old. <laughs> okay, so... Um, well, what I, about you I and Agatha the, Christie, sorry? Well, I, I'm the exact opposite of you. I've read almost everything she's ever written. Um she is up there with some of the best authors I can personally think of. Like, she's up there with Doyle for me, and she's up there with, like... Austin Scott Card. Um, um, uh, Peter Wellington. Uh, and Frank Herbert. Frank Herbert's June. Not Dune. <laughs> it's a little-known sequel. You should have um, heard earlier when you put me on to your significant other and said, Craig, say, say you've watched Dune. I said, I watched the film Dune in June and she was like that's the exact same and I'm like I can hear a difference I can hear a difference um no there is no difference it all comes out the same buddy uh yeah so like I'm a big fan of Agatha Christie um I listen to audiobooks when I go to sleep of of her stuff uh okay. I, I've me and my wife just watch the shows all the time it's just kind of oh yeah this lady is a multimedia empire and I'm there for it do you so do you think I'm like not to derail from Poirot too much, but do you think I'm doing a disservice to Agatha Christie by thinking that the like it's gonna be old lady writing? Miss Marple's definitely old lady writing, but it's old lady writing about an old lady. Uh, so about an old lady, it's yeah, okay. okay. Uh-huh. Um 
some of some of her more famous ones are very well written, very well plotted. Like okay. like to actually read the ABC murders is very fun. Okay. Um, but, do you yeah, know of I, all I of them? Worth a shot. Of all of them, I think I might give. I, I will pledge that by the end of the year, when we get to our end of the year roundup, I will have read the ABC murders because I like the story and the game. I like the film with John Malkovich, or whatever. is it John Malkovich that's in that? Yeah, one? it was it was Malkovich, and you're wrong. But yeah, what what do you mean I'm wrong? The Shea version was so much better. <sighs> do you know what? I might not have seen. No, I have seen that. I have seen that. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> so maybe maybe I'll I'll give that a read and I'll report back. Okay, I mean, again, it also comes down to personal taste. Like, I mean, I've met people who don't like the House of Leaves, and you're like, are you a human? So yeah, that's true. you know. I mean, that's all personal taste. Now, that being said, what isn't personal taste is the fact that this is yet another game from Microids that we played. What was the other Microids game we've played? It wasn't, wasn't ABC Microids? No, 13 Remaster was Microids. Oh, is that what it was? Yes, you're right. Okay, uh, and as as I'm sure Metacritic will, will say, um, we are in the vast majority there when we go... Ew. Alright, so let's 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 forget about our past with microids, our past with Agatha Christie, and let's just look at this game as a whole. Okay. So if you wouldn't mind setting up the uh let's say the story, the way this sets up, and then I'll talk about spoiler policy yeah. and okay. go on. Like I think it's it's okay to talk about that first introduction. So you are introduced yeah. to Poirot, who is not a detective, it's Officer Poirot who's been called to a house, to uh, basically a, a rich lady's house, uh, and he's been called to make an arrest. It's an arrest of a servant who has been um, accused of stealing a piece of jewellery. Very, very cliched, but fine. It's a, it's a, a prologue. A prologue. Yes. Um, and it also does the job of setting up why and how and what drives Poirot. So Poirot, through the introduction, you go through the mechanics of you pick up this, you look at this, you talk to people, you make deductions based on this, and you come up with what is the real thing. And the real the real story, and this is the only thing we'll spoil because it, is, it all happens in the first like 20 minutes of the game, you find that it isn't the servant, it's another member of the household that hid the jewellery for other reasons, no trying to frame the house, the maid or anything like that. But the maid, despite all best intentions, is dragged away and found guilty of stealing the jewellery, even though she didn't. And the whole takeaway point is Poirot is out for justice and he will do everything he can to make sure that the truth is told. But he's a shamed police officer with, you know, like, they failed to save someone from killing themselves. I, see, I, I wouldn't say shame. Not shamed, but he's he's not he's not the famous world detective Poirot. No, no, yeah. It's early career Poirot. And then the game basically starts. Fast forward a couple of years, you've been summoned by the same family because they're being blackmailed. And dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So yeah, that's that's the kind of like introduction to the game. It gives you a setup. It takes you through quite gently. Takes you through, you know, 
how to look at each item of evidence and then how to go into Poirot's version of a mind palace, which is basically a big... um, We will talk about. Yeah, it's basically a big lot of bubbles of things that connect to other things. Oh, my thoughts are in bubbles. To come up with conclusions. And it's... It's fairly competent in the way it presents itself. It's it's an isometric, really, like, I think of all the things that you could say about this game, it looks pretty, pretty. It feels non... It's competent. It's non-glitchy or buggy. You can walk, you can talk, you can go indoors and upstairs, and it doesn't matter. It's what, non-evasive. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a really nice-feeling game for what it is. Uh, and... Mechanically, as I say, you look at things, you talk to things, this gives you clues, you connect them together, you come up with conclusions, and then you act on those conclusions. Okay, so, before we get started, any more than we already have, Mm -hmm. uh, spoiler policy is going to be this. We are going to lightly touch on the actual case and the methods you use to figure out the truth. And we are most likely going to spoil the ending because it, it warrants some discussion, I feel. Yeah. Um, but since this is a newish game, 2021, we're going to take more of a light spoiler approach. And that's going to be a little difficult because there isn't much to talk about mechanically. But we're going to start with that. And I will, of course, uh, let you know when we're going to start talking about the case in detail. Because this isn't something like a Sherlock Holmes where we can say, we're going to talk about this case, this case, and this case, but not this. You know, we can't split it up like that. So, mechanically speaking, Craig, Mm -hmm. a couple of things struck me when I played this. Okay. Number one, Poirot goes nowhere in a hurry. Nowhere. No, not even if he's got to go to the bathroom. He's going to just saunter on over and finally use the bathroom. Uh, Okay. That is mildly frustrating considering how much up and downstairs and across wings of a house you have to go. Yeah. But I didn't find it too awful bad here. Um, I think it's saving grace as generally nine times out of ten, you can't really get lost if you're going across the mansion to go to the kitchen, you kind of know that's where you need to go because either he's vocalised and said, I should go and check out the kitchen, or someone, he's, that's my paro voice, or someone else... Say, bang on. Yeah. Someone else has said, oh, such and such in the kitchen could maybe answer that. So there's, it's quite linear, and it, it's not a linear game, but it is quite linear in how it gives you clues and bits to progress. I think... You said there it's not a linear game. How is this not a linear game? Because if you if you ignore a clue or you don't, you, you could end up just hoovering around the place, trying to go and, I'm lost, I don't know where I'm going, because it doesn't really sp- explicitly say, go and talk to Billy in the kitchen. You need to figure that out. So it's No, it's, but you can't solve it without hitting all the triggers. Oh no, that bit's linear. It just so happens that it... Okay, so yeah, it is linear. What am I trying to say? It's linear, but it's not. It's not signposted. It's not like it's got waypoints where you're like. Okay, I see. Do, I see do. what you're saying. Gotcha. You All know, right. 
um, because you could get lost at a specific point or you could miss a piece of evidence or not talk to the right person about the right thing. Because what happens is you talk to person A and that opens up more dialogue options for person B. Yeah. Who you maybe already spoke to, but... Frustratingly, sometimes at different ends of the house. Yes, yes. But okay. yeah, yeah, it's a linear game. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. It's, it's my, my phrasing is probably not right. Like, like, like in terms of linear and murder mystery, I would say a non-linear game would be something closer to crimes and punishment, where uh-huh. you can be wrong because yeah. you just missed evidence. Well, so like, yeah, I think that's my biggest to talk bugbears. My biggest bugbear about the entire game is that there is only one solution and there is only one way to get certain points of evidence, and there are only uh, there is only one solution to your mind map that you're putting together to form your perception of what's going on. Whereas in all Sherlock Holmes games, all mod- the last three Sherlock Holmes games, it has been a case of you have evidence, but you, the player, has to decide how you to interpret. interpret. Yeah. yeah. And then I think that's where, in my, my head canon. That's where I humanise Sherlock Holmes more than Poirot, who maybe is just an investigative machine and he always knows the right answer. So you don't really have a choice to make Poirot wrong because he's never wrong. He is wrong. Sometimes he's 36 times an idiot. He has something. Or he's a, he's a flailing donkey something. Yeah, yeah something. Something um, like I, that, I, yeah. I, I know it's 36 times an idiot, but... Okay, so... This is where I have trouble conceptualizing why you have a problem with it. Like, in a detective game like Sherlock, uh, which we will be talking about chapter one, but we're not going to be talking about it here. Um, You have that, I want to interpret the clues, which is fine. Uh But once this shows its hand as a, you will not be interpreting, why does this not then just become a point-and-click adventure game to your brain? Because it's not a point-and-click adventure game because there's nothing to figure out. It's not... The the perfect way to describe it is Sherlock Holmes, that we've also played, is a detective game. You are you yes. have to figure it out. This is a detective visual novel with walking. You know what? That is... That's... that's I'll agree with that 100%. This is... If you know what this is, it is much more along the Portopia style of detective game. In where it's, let me go to all the locations, talk to everybody, pick up every clue, and then that will unlock a trigger, which I then do another circuit yep. and talk to everybody. It is that style of game. It is not a uh, Frogwares yeah. style of game. Um, so, that being said, we're working within those limitations. Uh-huh. How does this fulfill in those limitations to you? First, let's talk about the artwork. Mm-hmm. I think um, the artwork is hideous. Uh, you're talking about like the kind of visual the novel style portraits. pop-ups, yeah. yeah. Oh, off all of them are awful. They're all awful. I think it does the game a great disservice because you get like the way the the actual game looks, that isometric view. The you, the zoom in, you zoom in, you see detail and carpet, and that you zoom out and you get this really cut away diorama feel of a building. I think that's yes. great. And it looks oh, great. 
and you know everything looks nice and then this character pops up takes one third of the screen up and they're not great at all they're very i don't even want to say artist's impression of stereotypes they're just very ugly really they this will of is of course a little subjective of, yeah. but it doesn't seem like there was a lot of technical skill involved in drawing the portraits and that's no offense to whoever drew it because you know maybe you drew it because that's the way the game director wanted it i don't know but they are a little harsh on the eyes um nobody is drawn with any kind of humanizing element everybody looks like character pop outs you see on a sunday school play <laughs> do you know what they remind me of and this ah. you might not understand but i used to do a lot of instructional design and a lot of um, compliance, uh, like, say, a, a lot of compliance programs, like you have to do your um, equality and diversity at work course, and you would mm-hmm. develop these courses, and as part of the packages of software that you would use to create something like that, you got generic characters that you could insert as part of the learning, and that's what these people feel like. They feel like generic, disconnected, weird characters that don't really... Ha- they don't fully express what's going on at all. No, no, and, and they it, it doesn't help either that there are three portraits drawn for each person. There is normal, pissed, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. surprised. That's yeah. it. That's it. Um. So yes, I'm not. I I'm with you 100 percent on. I like the way it looks, like the cutout dollhouse look. Mm-hmm. Like you because. Said- uh, you, oh you you likened it to that pro, that game that I like, the time-based... Sexy Brutal. Sexy Brutal, yeah, it's got that feel to it. I love that. See if other issues that I had with the game... Like, I think this is a really great foundation for a detective game, it, and it feels good to walk about and pick things up and talk to people. Like, that bit feels great. It's just let down in other areas. Okay, so... Uh, because Frogwares has done a splendid job on carving a niche of this is what Sherlock means in video games. I am always kind of have my eyeball on Poirot games to go, okay, are you guys figuring out what Poirot means in a video game? Because for Sherlock, it's very detail oriented. Mm-hmm. It's mind palace. It's that kind of thing. It's, it's little inferences off of small details. For Poirot, I don't think they've found it yet in this game. But I think they've made steps. And there are some things in this, mechanically speaking, where it feels separate and of its own thing. And that's generally in those once in a blue moon, use conversation to crack someone. Yeah. That feels to me very Poirot. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think they hit upon a good mechanic, but then were a little gun-shy about centering a game around it. Yeah, there's great... In fact, it's very much um, 50s punchy McPunch face. (sighs) L.A. Noir type. Like, Oh, I doubt... I don't uh-huh. believe in yeah yeah it's like see if, if in that game is a lot of that is you are detecting things through people's facial expressions and stuff and that in my brain is how Poirot works he picks up the slightest thing 
and he, he he can read people like that, and he's he's just on the ball when it comes to that logic and that people reading and that deductive. Yeah, skill. it's people reading, not evidence reading. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So when you look at Sherlock and you're talking about like, yeah, you're you're going through all the evidence and you go to the archives and you read this and you do that's that's Sherlock to me and Frogwells have nailed it with it with they've absolutely nailed that. This is still too far away from my mind canon of how Poirot works. Yes. I mean I mean and it's not just your mind canon, it's literally the way he Uh works. Um, it, it uh, to me, I don't think it's a fundamental misunderstanding of the character. I think it's a not being sure how to translate it to a game mechanic. Yeah. Like, let's. I don't want to say Frogwares got lucky because I'm sure there was a ton of hard work involved, uh-huh. but it feels like they nailed it on the head and was like, oh, we just need to refine this. Yeah. Whereas with all these Poirot games, it feels like everybody's taking a crack shot at okay, what makes this feel like Poirot? Uh-huh. I think the, um, the, the, a big danger. I can see a big risk being they might not be confident enough to allow the player to let Poirot be wrong. Like that's what. It, that's definitely some of it. Yeah. Because I think, like, if you threw Poirot into, like, a 999 game scenario... <laughs> I would play that. <laughs> that would be brilliant. But it would let Poirot do Poirot really well, like, reading these people and talking, and, like, it would it would work. But Poirot could be wrong, and Poirot could be dead. Like, and... and- like, like, well, I was going to say either that or in a Her Story situation, where it literally is all about reading people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, I, I think there is either a, um, not having the technical skill of knowing how to make that work when you have to bring all those strands together to make an ending, or it's just being gun shy about it because, well, you as a person, do you want to see Poirot be wrong? Whereas me and you are like, yes, because Uh I'm fulfilling the role of that. I don't know how other people feel about it. Yeah, I think that's if seeing Poirot wrong is what's going to make it a game, because you, the player, are then going to have a game of making Poirot right. It's that's that's where I. see Otherwise, the game. it is just an interactive story. Yeah. And okay, so so on the interactive story front, um, as we mentioned, there is no mechanics other than you see something that's interactable, you interact with it. It's that simple. Um, so we really can't talk much on, oh, the mechanics of the case or or that kind of thing. It, it literally is just as simple as Hoover. Like, that's what I did. Every time I entered a room, I would start and go counterclockwise around the room and just hit everything. Yeah. Um, like, like, out of curiosity, how did you approach this? Did you approach this as like a Sherlock game or as a, well, just let me just Hoover it. Uh, it started off like a Sherlock game because I didn't I didn't know what I was in for, and having played the ABC Murders, I thought I'll go with that approach. Uh, it turns out no, you're right. The only horrifying thing is you go counterclockwise, not clockwise. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about it. You enter through the door, you turn right because I'm right-handed, and you just go around the room, buddy. Well, see, I you turn, don't turn I turn left. I turn left. I turn That's left. why you're going to hell. I mean, I'm ambidextrous, so I don't have a real reason. You are not ambidextrous, um, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. In fact, I'm Come on. even to the point where I can't use right-handed scissors, I need to use left-handed scissors. Wait, can you write your name well with both? Mm-hmm. 
Craig, in the contest of being a cool person, why do you have to spring these things on me? <laughs> I finally think I'm catching up to you, and then, blam, I'm ambidextrous, I mean, and like, now I'm falling behind again. I spent my childhood using a mouse with my left hand. <laughs> it's not... Okay, so you're the spawn of the devil. <laughs> okay. Um, use my mouse. Which way do you have golf? Uh, right-handed, uh, right-handed golf, left-handed darts, left-handed bowling. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, I was going to say, which way do you swing a baseball bat? But I don't know if you've ever held a baseball the, bat. The best, the best, like, see, playing darts, I can throw a dart with both my left and my right hand. But if I throw it with my right hand, it might hit the barmaid. Whereas if I throw it with my left hand, it's going towards the board. So then are you dominant left, but still can you... Like, are you ambidextrous no. with your right? No, because or... my right hand, I, I write with my right hand predominantly. Like, I write with my right hand predominantly. But f- football's another example. I'm left-footed when it comes to football. I can't really kick a ball with my right foot that well. Oh, you see, I have to do that shuffle step right before you get to the ball <laughs> to make sure it's my right foot. <laughs> um, And I, I don't know what dictates what sport I'm doing like it's with a football if I'm kicking towards a goal if it's target based or if it was a javelin I would throw with my left hand baseball I would throw the ball with my left hand but I would use the bat right handed huh now see I'm right handed in a 99.9% of my activities but shooting I shoot left okay so I, I know there are some uh, same with the bow if, if I'm using a bow I'm left handed um, I, I if I was using a bow, I would be drawing the arrow with my left hand back. My right hand would be forward. That's left. Is that left? Yeah, yeah, that's left handed. Yeah, okay. yeah, because it's it's what you're pulling with. Okay. Yeah, I'm the same way. Um, what about what about throwing axes? Left hand. Oh, damn it! Well, Craig, you're officially at least 07 percent cooler than I am right now. I I gotta catch up. Um, okay, so we're both not a fan of the art. I will say I do like the voice acting. Um, the guy who plays Poirot does a good job. He's not doing a impersonation of anybody. He's just doing his own thing, and I think that works fine. Yeah, I, w- I was really worried that if they were, they didn't. Is David Suchet alive? He is still alive. He's still kicking. Okay, I was worried that if they didn't have David Suchet on board, that someone would try and do a Poirot impersonation, and that would be like me. Trying to do a Poirot impersonation. Well, I, I think you do have one giant. You're not Belgian, and you uh-huh. tend you have a very strong accent. Might be a That's little true. hard for you. All right, um, guys, Poirot here. <laughs> Let's get to the bottom of this. Silly <laughs> <laughs> bam. Um, so I, I think most of the voice acting is fine. There's a few where it seems like they got the person who you know sweeps the floors at night to read a few lines. But uh-huh. for the most part, I, I think for a low-budget game, which this very much has the feel of, uh, I think it works okay. Actually, now that I say that, you know what this feels the most? It feels like a mobile game. Yes. Yeah. Absol- 100 absolute percentage. You're right. And it's not a mobile game, right? Like we no, know it for sure? it's not. Uh, 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 when you say that, do you mean, was it also, did it also have like an iOS port or something like that? Yeah, like like it almost feels like it was designed for iOS and then... Oh, no. No, 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 no. Okay. It's not that. It's not that. Okay. So, on on that front, like you're, you're okay with the voice acting and all that? Yep. Okay with the voice acting. Like you say, a couple of times you might hear a stutter 
or something, and some or something's just read not quite right, but ninety nine percent of it is fab. All right, so here is where since we're running out of things to talk about, to be honest, here's where we're going to discuss bits of the case. If you mm-hmm. want to experience this for yourself, then you know stop here and, and check it out for yourself. Otherwise, well, as my mom used to say, "Fuck you." Um, Craig. Yep. Now we are both old hands at murder mysteries as a whole. Right. Yes. Like, like we have our fair share of Columbo's and murder she wrote on mm-hmm. under our belt. Boy, would I like a murder she wrote under my belt? But anyway, I would l- like just as an aside of all of the detectives, a Columbo game where the opening cutscene was the murder, and then you you the player knows how the murder happened, having to figure it out would be fantastic. Well, that would be, that would be an interesting hook for sure. Like, yeah. like there, I can't think of any other games that do that. I can't, I, I can't huh. either. No. I, oh, oh. Didn't Indigo Prophecy do that? Where you caused the murder, but then you were also the cop investigating the murder? I can't remember. It's a David Cage game, so it doesn't count anyway. It doesn't really count. No, but I'm specifically thinking the Columbo format. You see the murder, but you don't see much about how... You you know, you you see them take off the handbrake and push the car down a cliff, but you need to prove it. You need to find the evidence to prove it. I think that would be interesting. That would be interesting. You're right. Unlike this, which (laughs) I found fairly rote. Yeah. I think both story the, the mechanics don't lend themselves to the fairly generic story that unfolds, and I I think the two things combined. If it was a more interesting story, you would have a little more forgiveness in playing the mechanics. If it was more interesting mechanics, then you would accept the fact that it was a fairly generic story. But the two together create a perfect storm of boring. Um. Yeah, okay, so so from a logistical standpoint, you play the tutorial case, and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, this is just a tutorial case. And you solve the tutorial case, and you're like, oh no, poor, poor Hercule. And then you start the main game, and you're like, wait, those people are here too? Yeah. Which inevitably makes you link the two in your brain. And then you have almost immediately figured out who the killer is. Yeah. Did, did you have it solved before it was solved? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it takes a lot to build up the fact that all of them would have a motive. So, And, and that's the way the game goes. The game goes, you have to try and think, or you actually have to try and check their, um, what's what's the word when alibi? someone backs? Their alibi. So the first part of the game is solve their alibis or check them all out and it turns out everyone has an alibi about everyone and blah so then you move on to motive and everyone has a motive and I think it takes a lot in a story to convince you that everyone would have a motive and there just wasn't enough traction in a lot of these threads to say oh yeah totally buying that that person had a motive it was almost just rope together a wee bit yeah, like, like for a little bit, we were messaging back and forth going, please don't let them Orient Express this. Please <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't yeah. let them. Um, and, and like, once I, once you get far enough into the game, which, to be fair, the game is not very long. The game is, like, what, six hours? Mm-hmm. It, it, you're in for a breezy experience. Um, the fact that you can then, 
investigate everybody but one person yeah kind of also singles out that person um i think it was a giant misstep because it became so obvious so early on to me that you just yeah fuck it and i'm I'm okay (laughs) with that because sometimes like like with a police procedural maybe something that would be on the shield perhaps you you would it's fine knowing who the killer is like a columbo and then oh these are the steps they had to take to find the evidence that's fine that's still enjoyable for me but in this it was i don't like it when and i'm not somebody who tries to figure out fiction i'm generally okay take me for the ride buddy um I felt smarter than Poirot did at points. Whereas every Sherlock game I've played so far, I do not ever feel smarter than Sherlock. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I'm Watson dragging him down, not carrying it along. And in this, there was very much the, come on, buddy, put the two together in your brain. Um, Another problem I have is the Mind Palace. I have a hulking, huge, raging boner of a problem with that mind palace. Well, well, tell me what your problem is, brother. I've got two... Actually, I've got two problems. The first problem is, when you look at something like Sherlock... And it's really difficult to not compare, like you say. It's just playing them close together in Murder Mystery Month. But the mind palace, in my mind, and for Sherlock, is a very organic thing it's synapses connecting together to make clues that could be right they could be wrong one clue can invalidate another clue which sends you down it's like a mini game it sends you down a path of trying to interpret the clues in such a way where everything makes sense in the story and it does a really good job of that hercule poirot's mind palace is like a very structured mind map where one thing connects to another thing in a really obvious way. The way it's laid out, all the clues, the the two clues that are closest together, obviously just connect to each they other. They are always 180 degrees from each yeah. other. Yeah. And, and like, I messaged you, Dave, early on saying, you know, at one point you've just got to connect a clue saying, this thing, this obvious thing is obviously connected to this obvious thing. So then you get a a third point from that and it's another it's like the man the, oh it was, it was the muddy footprints it's like oh the muddy footprints muddy yeah. footprints there's a wet there is a wet mud patch in the garden and there are no footprints here so the person did not walk <laughs> through the mud and you're like oh killing oh, me see, that was the one clue that I couldn't put together beforehand <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's, um, it, yeah. it's a killer and it just I, th- I think that the prop the main problem draws back to that there is no wrong answer why make this b- and i am it's smooth and I, I really i think the game the game's interface is quite pretty in the way it's got the circles and the strings oh, yeah. and like the ui a- designer did a good job yeah it's it's really prettily done i think just functionally you're only using it to connect two things that are ob- obvious all the time, and you can't get it wrong, apart from if you drag it to the wrong place, it goes donk, and it makes you connect to the right place. I think the only place it actually makes sense is in the very, very last chapter, 
in the very last mind palace layout, you've got the murdered person in the middle, and then it just juts out at 45 degree angles, and it says, the motive... The who, what, when, why, why, how. Yeah, exactly. I think that bit makes sense, because it's a really visual representation of figuring out who the killer is. But I don't think it makes sense to have it all the way through the game in the structure that it is, because you get multiple mind palaces for the most obvious or stupid of things, and it just... It could have done with, like, the best way to put it is, for a lot of what you do in that mind palace, Poirot vocalising, hmm, they didn't walk through the mud, would have done it. Without it leaving the game, him just saying, oh, look, I've looked at that and I've looked at that and this, it, it didn't need it. It didn't need it. It, do- it also makes him seem a bit simple. Yeah, it does. It, it really does, doesn't I mean, it? He's like, like just... I am a genius, buddy. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah. So one... okay. So no, 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 no. That's fine. You've pretty much vocalized all the problems <laughs> I had about it, and that's that's fine. What I do want to talk about is the thing that we both think is unique to this game, and they should have doubled down on. If you could explain how the um the conversation, the confrontational conversations work. Yeah, so the confrontation, the conversations are very linear. You you tap X a lot of times to get through options and options and options, but every so often it Poirot's it, and this is where I thought, ah, oh, and you did as well. This is Poirot. You start, you're looking at someone, you're you're questioning. What you can do is you can talk to someone, you can ask them questions, or you can actually literally interrogate them. And some, that is right, isn't it? It's and to see, I wouldn't say you're interrogating. You're more like manipulating a yeah. person but to stop being defensive. Exactly. So what you have to do, and this to me is like visual novel balls as hell as well, is you get the two character portraits and the portrait on the right it has a shield and you've got to break down that <laughs> shield. But And it's and Paro says, oh, this person's obviously nervous. Let's calm them down and then break them like a twig. So you, you then get options and you can have a reassuring option and he says something like, oh, don't worry, I understand what position you're in and blah. I, but you can also take the hardline approach and say, screw you, I know you're lying, blah, blah, blah. That's very early noir. This is the early noir bit. Yeah. And I just think that bit that only happens like less single-digit times in the entire game is Claro. Yeah. It's Poirot, and it, that, it was really disappointing. Um, I also think that had they leaned a bit more deep into it, you would have found at, at the end of the game, and this I'm not going to give away too much story, but you use these options to affect how the ending goes. And within three questions, you can completely and utterly change someone's perspective on the case and that is not enough time or enough questions or enough build up to be able to turn someone from a complete dickhead into a sympathizer in three lines like it almost felt like they should have completely leaned made this the core mechanic of the game was conversation and you can get things wrong and the case can go wrong but you are you're working it out as you go would have made more sense and I understand that to do that, there would have been a lot more work in the, okay, well, let's say you turned witness A off. Then we need an alternate path on witness B for if you failed them. Like, I understand that adds a lot of work. But 
without it, you're basically turning uh, your game into, you know, 428 Shibuya Scramble or yeah. 999 without the puzzles or you know, anything like that. It, it just becomes a press X simulator. Yeah. And if the story, like we said, if, oh, this is getting close to final thoughts. Mm-hmm. If the story was good enough, that wouldn't be a problem. But this, I, I didn't feel the story was that good. It was kind of cliche, to be honest with you. It was. Like I said at the start, and you were, you're completely right, Agatha Christie, gather gather everyone in the drawing room to go through the the things. Sorry. To go through the things is a thing, but the story itself was just a bit... It didn't feel grand enough to me. I think that's the thing. Yeah, no, no, no. It felt like the only people that were alive in the world were all in this house. yeah. And I just, I, I was, a, you know, I found myself a bit disappointed. I've got a question. Are you? Yeah. Have you? And this is this might be a sidetrack. I'm really sorry. We can we can peel back to it if you want. But do you prefer this, or did you prefer the ABC models? Oh, I prefer this over ABC. Okay. Because ABC, I think, got Poirot wrong way more yeah. than this did. Okay. Is that also, you know mentioned my little brain cells and your brain's just like no no mm-hmm. that's not what mm-hmm. he says um this i think is this is a step above abc murders for sure mm-hmm. I, I i think you're right it is it's a step in the right direction and what i think we're looking at if we get if if it sells enough and stuff this is like early days maybe the next game is a step closer to poirot Maybe the game... I haven't read any critical reviews. I would be interested to see if a diehard Poirot person that's not me or you just liked playing it, you know? Like, there's a lot of questions around this that feels like it could be the start of something good. Yeah, like fuck, that was Final Thought. Sorry. (laughs) Well, like, to me, this has the... Like, do you remember the, uh, let's say, the Sherlock games? The... The... The Sherlock games before The Awakened, mm-hmm. where it's like Sherlock versus Jack the Ripper. Yeah. It feels like it's in that era. Like, this could be their Sherlock versus Jack the Ripper yeah. until they finally start to hone what makes their mechanics different. Yeah. I, I mean, to be fair, they on the Sherlock side, they got it wrong because when you're talking about, like, the silver eating and stuff, they got rid of Creepy Watson. I think Creepy Watson could have become a staple of all Sherlock games. <laughs> I think they should have just had Creepy Watson the game where you are Creepy Watson. <laughs> it's a stealth game. You have to move when Sherlock's not looking. <laughs> all right. So, you know what? Why, why don't you final thoughts it? Mm. Okay. I'm, I'm glad... I'm glad this is where we've got to because we haven't really, we have accidentally spoiled who killed who, but I don't. No, unless we didn't. You're, yeah, we did. We just kept referring to him as the killer. But we did say the only person that you don't talk to. <laughs> so anyway, you don't talk to the babysitter because there is no babysitter. Anyway, um, I'm glad. I'm glad we're stopping here, and I think. Like, overall, I am super happy to have played this game because when you play something like the ABC Murders, you do feel like they've done Poirot a complete disservice. It's not Poirot. This is a step in the right direction. It's early days in terms of Poirot games, hopefully. Like, I would like, off the back of this, I would like to see another Poirot game if it was the same developers, 
just going, right, here's lessons learned. I've listened to that Bit Effect podcast. We now know what we've done wrong. As all game developers do. Yep. I would, I, I would, that's that's probably the, the most impactful final thought is I would look forward to another game from these people, despite the fact that I had a myriad of problems with this game. It would be a, they would have one chance. If it was still the same issues, I would, it would There's tarnish. There's no killer flaw. There isn't. It, it's little bits and pieces that could yeah. be better honed. Yeah. I think, I think so. And to be fair, the way it's presented, both gameplay-wise, your hands-on walking about Sherlock, the the fake mind palace that only has one solution, the user interface, the dialogue, some people might like that. They might like a fairly clear, linear Poirot story. It's just not what I'm looking for in a detect. Like, I'm not looking for a Poirot story. I'm looking for a detective game. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Like, like... If you are looking for a visual novel that has light uh, gameplay elements, then this is this is what you want. Um, if you are looking for a detective game, you will be disappointed. Yeah, I like my my thought on that is there might be some people out there that love visual novels that might play Poirot and go, God, I wish we had a nine 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 game that played like this where you could walk about the boat. Yeah, I, I you know what I mean. Like, like it, yeah, it depends on what audience you're coming from. I, mm-hmm. I, I get that. Um, luckily, we don't. I don't think we've been super clear on which audience we belong to. Um, so I think it's up for, to the listener to decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like being uh, ambiguous. Because, oh yeah, you, and and you know, totally. we all know how you feel about visual novels. Absolutely. Um, all right, so yeah, like there's not much I can say in my final thoughts. That wouldn't just be echoing Craig. But I do want to echo the fact that this seems like a good first effort. If you can if you can hone this, then the next game will be Leagues Ahead. Now that being said, it still pales in comparison to every Frogwares game. Yeah. Even if you don't like Sherlock. Like, this pales compared to Sinking City in terms of being a detective game. It, it's just... Not what it's going for. I also would like, if the developers weren't going for that, don't call it a detective game. Call it a visual novel. Yeah. Um. I, I just did a quick Metacritic, and it's not got a lot of user scores, which is quite often the case with these things, but it, it is generally favourable on the lines of it's an adventure it's not a detective game it's an adventure game it's simplistic mechanics it's linear and that's that's perfect i completely understand it could get dependent on the person reviewing you could easily give this a good six seven out of ten if that's what you're looking for um so i'm 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 okay with it also yeah do you know what bad game do you know what might have made this better for me shit what might have actually made this... What... Fuck. I would have maybe felt... I wouldn't have said anything different in the podcast, but I might have liked it a bit more had I played it on the Switch. Why? Because the isometric walking about, visual novel-y, simple... That's what I equate more with the Switch game than... Sitting down. Oh, on, okay. You, I see you know what I mean. Your expectations would have been lowered. 
but yeah, lying in bed, I'm going to play a bit of this and I'll do a chapter, then I'll go to sleep. Whereas I tanked this in two days, thinking, oh, yes, I'm going to do it. And Yeah, like, yeah, same here. I did it quick. You know, and I, I maybe if... It, that, that sounds terrible. It makes me sound like a very bad person. But I think had I played it on the Switch with a different mindset, I might have enjoyed that a bit more. I, I don't think that's on you because that could be any game ever. Oh, I would have enjoyed this really bad strategy game if I had been in the mood for a kind of bad strategy. Like, I mean, you can equate that to yeah, everything. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm, I'm doing myself a disservice. Well, you are ambidextrous, so... What, I like men and some women. Faults, some... Yes. Um, your pronouns are left and right. A man um, in one hand and a woman in the other. <laughs> All right. So um, that's what we're going to call it here. Sorry that it, there's just not much on the mechanical end to go into. Now, there will be tons of mechanical on next podcast because we are doing Sherlock Chapter 1 or otherwise, John Stop Calling Me Sherry, the game. <laughs> Uh, now, if you would like to play a little bit ahead of the schedule, because, you know, we got some beefy games coming up, next month we have Deliver Us the Moon, Deliver Us Mars, and then a game Craig picked that I haven't played personally. Um, Craig, what was the name of it again? Kevin Smith's Dogma? <laughs> Kevin Smith's Dogma? Yeah, yeah, the film. Oh, oh no. it's Dragon's Dogma. Dog. Oh, Dogma. I've, yeah, it's got not Ben Stiller, the other one in it. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Matt I remember. Yes. Fuck, that took a long time to sink in. Yeah, it's Dragon's Dogma. Uh, yeah, so uh, next month we have Deliver Us the Moon and Mars, which are two very quick games. We figured we'd pair them together. And Dragon's Dogma. Now... There is really no theme other than they all start with D, and sometimes we like to work on that simplistic level. <laughs> so, anyway, thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next time when we talk about the early cases of young Chapter 1 Sherlock. <laughs> I do I do wonder whether, the, like, someone got wind, oh, they're doing an early Sherlock game, we better get in and do an early Poirot game, or vice versa. Like, I don't know. Because they I, came I out fairly really... close. Together. They did, but you can't compete. That's like saying, up, oh, up, oh, up, oh, up. Oh. Activision's doing a World War II game. Quick, I'm going to release a four ninety nine <laughs> PSN game. Okay, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Craig, your dumb question to end this podcast with is, in French speaks, mm-hmm. it is au revoir. Yeah? It's what? You know, when you say goodbye, it's au revoir. Au revoir. Yeah, you don't pronounce okay. the R, do you? Au revoir. Yeah, you do. Yeah, no, no, nobody says it au revoir. Did they not? No, no, it's au revoir. I'm pretty sure? Au revoir. Au revoir, one loaf de bread, s'il vous plaît. I, I went to France, and by the end of two weeks in France, I could go into a patisserie and order in French really competently it was like surprising how much being in a foreign country you just remember things. oh like immersion therapy yeah yeah, yeah. Well, wait isn't it not, not to be a dick because i also don't know isn't it a patissier 
I've got no idea. I don't either. If anybody in our audience speaks French, except for you filthy Canadians, um, <laughs> please let us know if, how terribly wrong we are, because there is no if we're right. It's how terribly wrong we are. So, Craig, give me your best... Hugh Fraser, good lord, to end the episode. Ah, uh, good lord. <laughs> good lord. Okay. <laughs> okay, the new... <laughs> All right, and we will catch you next time on Sherlock Chapter 1. Thank you very much for listening. 